Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. High School Bathroom. I'm Dick Iuliano. Severe weather responds tornadoes to the south while snow is headed north, as we said. D.C. leaders say congressional Republicans move to block a bill highlights the need for statehood. I'm Megan Cloherty. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome in 4 o'clock on WTOP. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Christopher Cruz in Washington. Storms are headed to many parts of the U.S., says the Weather Channel meteorologist Mike Bettis. Through the panhandle of Florida into Georgia and the Carolinas, these are all spots where extreme winds and tornadoes will be possible. And then on the north side of all that, a pretty significant winter storm is playing out here. From northern Arkansas all the way through the Ohio Valley in the northeast, significant snow is on the way. Really treacherous driving conditions here. That storm rolling from, say, the Buckeye State into the northeast late in the week. PowerOutage.us says 174,000 customers are now without power in Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, and Missouri. Pope Francis says homosexuality is not a crime, and laws criminalizing it are, quote, unjust. However, in an Associated Press interview at the Vatican Tuesday, Francis reiterated Catholic Church teaching that homosexual activity is sinful. But he said, let's make the distinction between sin and crime. The U.S. is set to announce that it's sending tanks to Ukraine to help in the fight against Russian invaders. More from CBS's Cami McCormick. The Pentagon has said for some time that M1 Abrams tanks are too complex to operate and maintain. But now the Biden administration could announce a change in its thinking. The tanks, along with German-made Leopard tanks, would give the Ukrainians a major new capability on the battlefield. But they could take months, even years, to be delivered. Police in Yakima, Washington, say... The motive of a 21-year-old man who killed three people before dawn Tuesday at a convenience store is still unknown. Police in Yakima confirm the suspect is dead. Medical care uh, tried to save his life, um, but he was later pronounced deceased. Investigators say the man called his own mother and confessed to killing three people. The suspect had borrowed a woman's phone. Um, He then called his mother. And he made several incriminating statements. Police Chief Matt Murray says responding officers found the suspect behind a Target store just a couple miles from the shooting scene, dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Catherine Stone for CBS News, Yakima. Prosecutors are preparing to charge a man they say shot and killed a total of seven people at two locations in Half Moon Bay, California, Monday. More from CBS's Carter Evans. The local district attorney called this the single deadliest shooting this county has ever seen. The suspect is going to be arraigned on seven counts of murder and there is some good news that eighth victim who went to the hospital is out of surgery and in stable condition. Voters in California will have a chance next year to overturn a new law that raises pay and improves working conditions for more than half a million fast food workers. This is CBS News. Nobody should have to pay for one size fits all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty Mutual Insurance. This message is for Shauna, my mom who just finished her high school diploma. I wanted to say I'm so proud of you for finishing school. You told me it's never too late to achieve your dreams. I hope to make you as proud as you have made me. When you graduate, they graduate. Finish your high school diploma for you and for them. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free and supportive adult education centers near you. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. WTOP at 403. 
Good Wednesday morning, midweek, January 25th, 2023. Rain, snow mix before noon today. Later, just windy and really rainy. The high of 40 degrees before we're done. 37 right now. Good morning to you. I'm Dean Lane. Among the top stories we're following for you as we ride into this foray bubbler together on Wednesday midweek. You're as cold as ice. Well, indeed you are, and it is what? Winter. Storm system is expected to bring wet snow and rain to areas north and west of the district later this Wednesday morning, January 25th. Now, Storm Team 4 Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer says this morning, parts of northern Frederick County, Hagerstown, and areas closer to West Virginia could see up to an inch of wet snow. We've also learned because of this that Jefferson County schools in West Virginia will be closed today. While the storm system is also expected to impact the D.C. metro area some, Camerer says we won't see any real snow. I really do think the roads are just going to be wet. I don't think they'll be icy. I don't think there'll be any real problems up there. I know some of the roads have been pre-treated. Even around the D.C. metro area, they've been pre-treated, even though I, I don't think we'll need that at all. I do think, however, up to the north into West Virginia and to parts of western Maryland, pre-treatment is definitely going to help, but also the warmer temperatures. Camerer says temperatures throughout the region are expected to stay above freezing today. We'll keep you updated. All you need to do is keep your dial on your weather alert station, 103.5 FM, WTOP.com, and, of course, on the WTOP app. We'll get you through it. WTOP at 4.05. Turning now to substance abuse locally in schools, weighing on the minds of Montgomery County leaders this morning, that issue coming to a head apparently this week when two students were found passed out drunk in Bethesda Chevy Chase High. Now a school meeting, an emergency one, is set up for next week, Monday night. Parents, students, and teachers at BCC will turn their attention to school safety. And Principal Shelton Mooney has sent parents a link to an article about talking to teens about substance abuse. In an email to the school community, the principal revealed that two female students were unconscious in a school bathroom at around 8 o'clock Monday morning. And a security team member said they appeared to be under the influence of alcohol. The students were taken to the hospital by ambulance. Mooney says there's an increase in serious incidents involving alcohol and illegal drugs. Dick Iuliano, WTOP News. WTOP at 4.06. After a six-year-old student was recently accused of shooting his teacher in Newport News, Virginia, some lawmakers in the state are now calling for stricter rules for how guns are stored in your home. Children are bringing firearms to schools. It's a bill that would require adults to keep guns in a locked container if anybody under 18 years old is in the home. The main argument from supporters. These are deadly weapons. We're not saying don't own them. We're saying store them responsibly. It passed in a Virginia State Senate committee with Democrats in favor and Republicans against it. Opponents argued. We have teenagers out there that have been raised around firearms. They've been taught to safely handle them. My children had access to my guns. I wanted them to be safe while I was at work. They say there are plenty of cases where teenagers have used guns in order to stop home invasions. Nick Ainelli, WTOP News. Word is now in the wake of that elementary school shooting, the Newport News School Board will vote later today, Wednesday, January 25th, on the departure of its superintendent. An agenda for a special meeting here says the board will vote on a separation agreement and severance package for Superintendent George Parker III. The board will also vote on a new interim superintendent at the same time. Both parents and teachers alike have called for Parker's resignation or firing. Parker and the school board chair did not immediately return calls from the AP Associated Press this week seeking comment. Republicans in Congress are threatening to block D.C.'s controversial crime bill, which took 16 years actually to craft. 
And their opposition is once again giving steam to statehood efforts for the nation's capital. D.C.'s delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton says the revised criminal code is now the subject of conversation in Congress. And there's been some disagreement, not much, but some disagreement on this new criminal code. Among those in opposition is Kentucky Congressman James Comer, who said in a statement the council, quote, wants to go even easier on criminals, which will turn D.C.'s crime crisis into a catastrophe. His office did not provide any specifics to what he opposes in the bill. Maryland Senator Chris Van Hollen. This is another example of why um, D.C. statehood is so important, uh, because it's simply wrong to have members of Congress impose their will. Van Hollen supporting the statehood bill being reintroduced by Delaware Senator Tom Carper. Megan Cloherty, WTOP News. Coming right up after traffic and weather on WTOP Wednesday morning. A well-known name in transportation around here is nominated for a secretary post by the Maryland governor. I'm Mike Marilla. Good morning. Welcome in 408 on WTOP. Michael and Sons heating tune-up for only $69. Michael and Sons. Traffic and weather on the 8s and when it breaks. Good morning to Rich Hunter at the WTOP Traffic Center. Hi, good morning, Dean. They had everything stopped temporarily westbound on I-70 before the exit for Newmarket, Maryland, 75 they were uh, moving stuff over to the right, so now, as you approach the crash scene, single file to the left now gets you by. Uh, they already have requested a couple of tow trucks, uh, but again, for now, just a single left lane getting by the crash as you approach mile marker 64 just before the exit from Maryland 75 New Market. Eastbound, all lanes are open. Maybe a little bit of a rubbernecking delay because folks can see the crash from the eastbound side. Now, elsewhere in Maryland, 270 south from Frederick down to the Beltway looks good. Still working southbound on the Baltimore-Washington Parkway, approaching 175, but for now, delays have been brief. And once you clear that, nothing else anyway, down to the Beltway or even inside the Beltway, headed toward the district. You're off to a good start this morning. 95 south looks good, leaving the Baltimore Beltway, headed down toward the Capitol Beltway. Still working on the Bay Bridge. Westbound span remains blocked for the overnight maintenance. Eastbound carries two-way traffic, one lane for each direction of travel. Delays there have been brief. Uh, only work left on 66. Now is eastbound between 28 Centerville and the Fairfax County Parkway. Single file right gets you by. Looking for a safe used car? Fitzgerald Automall. Uh, they have hundreds of good cars, trucks, and SUVs next to a new car. A Fitzway used car is best. Visit Fitzmall.com today. Rich Hunter, WTLP Traffic. It is a Storm Team 4 weather alert day. There's a winter weather advisory along the I-81 corridor and up into parts of eastern West Virginia and northern Maryland. No advisories for winter weather in the immediate Washington area. It's just going to be a cold rain for us, but a slushy 1 to 2 inches of snow late morning up to around noontime, gradually changing to all rain in the Shenandoah Valley and raining the rest of the afternoon and into the evening. Cold and windy but dry coming back up for tomorrow. Friday and Saturday, sunny and chilly. I'm Storm Team 4, meteorologist. Just Chuck Bell for WTOP. Right now, you're waking up to temps in the 30s, 38 degrees at the wharf in D.C. and in Oxon Hill, 34 in Sterling. We are at 37 degrees and holding in our nation's capital. This check this early Wednesday morning brought to you by Longfence. Save 15% on Longfence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. Coming right up on WTLP this morning. Planning ahead for these metro maintenance shutdowns, I'm Neil Augenstein. Federal agencies are looking for new approaches to today's challenges. At Maximus, we are ready and focused on what's ahead. Leading with new ideas and emerging trends for government modernization. Harnessing advanced technologies and data to drive transformation. Creating a total experience for the delivery of citizen services. We are enabling innovation to enhance the efficiency of government. To reimagine new possibilities for today. Learn more at Maximus.com slash federal. Everybody wake up. 
You're with Dean Lane on WTOP. Is WTOP News. A new court filing this week in the appeal to restore Adnan Syed's conviction stemming from the 1999 killing of Heyman Lee accuses Baltimore prosecutors in the case and a city judge of violating open court proceedings. The Baltimore Sun reports that Lee's family says the prosecutors and judge met behind closed doors to choreograph the hearing where Syed's conviction was overturned. Syed spent 23 years in prison for the killing of Lee, his murder, and the case was put under the national spotlight in the hit podcast, Serial. Charges against him were dropped last fall after additional DNA testing excluded him as a suspect. Lee's family wants the charges reinstated. Oral arguments in the case in this appeal are slated to start next month. He is a familiar name around here, and now he's been nominated to serve locally as Maryland's next Secretary of Transportation. After retiring from WMATA last year, former Metro General Manager Paul Wiedefeld has now been nominated to be Maryland's next Transportation Secretary. Maryland Governor Wes Moore making the announcement. As a leader in the transportation sector, Paul has proven to be a thoughtful and decisive leader. Wiedefeld says he looks forward to helping the governor meet the goals of a transportation department that emphasizes social equity, environmental protection and sustainable communities. Thank you again for the opportunity. We have a lot of work to do, so let's go. Before Metro Wiedefeld ran BWI Marshall Airport, if approved by the Senate for the role, the secretary job also comes with a spot on Metro's board. Mike Marillo, WTOP News. Transportation issues concerning Metro running reliably, keeping it doing that and safely takes maintenance. So now Metro wants you to know about work that will not start actually until it gets warmer this summer. Their major projects, including station roofing on the Orange Line and replacing 30 miles of steel rail that are most susceptible to breakage. To do that work, Metro says it'll require some major service disruptions, a 23-day shutdown on parts of the Orange and Silver Lines from Ballston to McLean and Vienna for most of June, and a 44-day shutdown of the Green Line north of Fort Totten from West Hyattsville to Greenbelt from the end of July to Labor Day. Neil Loggenstein, WTLP News. Heard this week that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' administration has apparently authorized more than $1.3 million in its effort to ban Medicaid coverage of treatments for transgender people. The money is for legal and expert witness fees. The state's Agency for Healthcare Administration issued a rule last year banning Medicaid coverage for hormone therapy, puberty blockers, and surgery despite an outcry from the LGBT BTQ community. Four plaintiffs filed a federal lawsuit against the rule. The rule follows an AHCA report calling treatments such as puberty blockers to be experimental, while a counter report from scientists blasted the state study, calling it scientifically unfounded. Allison Keyes, CBS News. Many of Florida's experts are affiliated with religious organizations or have endorsed conversion therapy. Stay tuned. You are listening to 103.5 FM and WTOP.com. We're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. You're with WTOP and Dean Lane. Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Good Wednesday morning, 4.15 sports time indeed. Rob Woodfork's turn this morning. 
The Wizards open their five-game road trip with a thrilling win in Dallas, 127-126, thanks to Kyle Kuzma's go-ahead free throw in the final seconds, followed by DeLon Wright's game-clinching steal from Luka Doncic, Wes Unsell Jr. Sometimes the ball bounces your way. You get the benefit of the whistle, but when you stay aggressive, I think sometimes, you know, tips in your favor. Throughout the night, you know, obviously Luka got going. He's, he's a tough cover. The best part about it, we knew going in that this team is going to shoot volume threes. So how do you minimize that? Doncic filled the stat sheet with 41.16 rebounds and six assists but was held without a three-pointer kuzma finished with 30 points in the wizards third straight victory no such luck for the capitals losers of two in a row after falling 3-2 to the avalanche and darcy kemper's return to colorado the stanley cup winning netminder got a pre-game tribute video before his 23 save nights and alex ovechkin scored his 31st goal of the season in defeat georgetown at long last a winner beating depaul 81 76 to end losing streaks of 11 straight on the season and a Big East record 29 consecutive conference losses, Coach Patrick Ewing. My team worked extremely hard, not only to get this win, but they've been working extremely hard, believing the faith, not giving up, and kept on plugging away. We made some mistakes today, but it wasn't too many mistakes that we couldn't come back from. Primo Spears led the way with 21 points, including four clutch free throws. And for the second straight day, the Washington Commanders announced an offensive coordinator interview. Tuesday, it was Rams assistant. Thomas Brown following Monday's interview with Eric Studisville. Rob Woodfork, WTOP Sports. Hey, Rob, as always, 417 on WTOP. This is WTOP News. Students on the campus of the George Washington University can now get emergency contraception pills from a vending machine. Our news partners over at NBC4 report this week two student leaders surveyed 1,500 students about the machines. They received overwhelming positive response, we're told. Not a lot of pushback. The only concern was about discreetness and how we could make sure that students felt that it wasn't a very public public way to go and get some type of contraceptive. The student leader telling NBC4 this week that's why they put the vending machines in the basement of the student center. She says the effort to get the machines to GW started after Roe v. Wade was overturned last summer. The pills currently cost about 25 bucks, but they are looking at ways to lower that price. Among the top stories we're following for you on WTOP this early Wednesday morning, former Vice President Mike Pence is the latest leader now found to have classified documents in his home in Indiana. California reeling from a series of mass shootings just this week. At least 18 people are dead. What do we know about motives? We'll talk more about that throughout the morning here on WTLP. And the recent Ticketmaster blow-up over Taylor Swift tickets was tackled on Capitol Hill this week with senators using the word monopoly many times. You are listening to 103.5 FM and WTLP.com. Where are the time now on WTLP is 418. Rather good weather on the 8s. Here's Rich Hunter. All right, still cleaning up the crash. 70 westbound if you approach the exit from Maryland 75, New Market, and my marker 64. The good news is they've relocated everything to the right shoulder, so all lanes have been reopened. There's still a brief delay, but it is getting better, so that's great news for folks headed west toward Frederick. Again, all lanes have been reopened around the crash. Now, the eastbound side of I-70, leaving Hagerstown, headed into Frederick and continuing east of Frederick all the way through the Baltimore Beltway. Nothing in your way early. 95 South looks good, headed down toward the Beltway. Still working at last check, southbound on the Baltimore-Washington Parkway, approaching 175, single-file left, get you by. Brief tap of the brakes beyond that, nothing else anyway, getting down to the Beltway or even inside the Beltway, headed toward the district. Now, if you're traveling 270 South from Frederick down to both loops of the Beltway, light volume so far, no incidents in your way. And over on the Bay Bridge, work continues at last check, 
still had the westbound span of the Bay Bridge blocked for the overnight maintenance. And eastbound was carrying two-way traffic, one lane for each direction of travel. Uh, delays as of late have been brief, but starting to see some movement on the bridge, so they may be preparing to start the process of getting it reopened. But for now, again, you get by each way without delay. Rich Hunter, WTOP Traffic. A winter weather advisory has been issued along the I-81 corridor through the Shenandoah Valley into parts of eastern West Virginia and northern Maryland. That goes until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Metro Washington not under any advisories because it's just going to be a cold rain. Temperatures in the low to mid-30s now will eventually climb above freezing even in the Shenandoah Valley. A slushy 1 to 2 inches possible late morning up to about noontime before it changes to all rain. Everybody ends with rain by later on into the evening. No refreeze tonight but a cold windy day tomorrow. I'm Storm Team 4, meteorologist Chuck Bell for WTOP. 38 degrees in Tyson's Quarter, 34 Potomac, 38 in Lafon Plaza. We are at 37 and holding in our nation's capital. 4 a.m. hour, Wednesday morning, midweek, January 25th. Thanks for rising with us this morning. Glad you're with us this early hour. Brought to you on WTOP this morning by New Look Home Design. The roofing experts call 1-800-279-5300. That's 1-800-279-5300. NewLookHomeDesign.com. Check them out. Google is in the technical hot seat next on WTOP. I'm John O'Hurley, and I support paralyzed veterans of America because our heroes have sacrificed so much for our independence. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. It left me paralyzed. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Paralyzed Veterans of America is providing specialized medical care, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. To learn more, go to pva.org. It's a beautiful morning. You're on WTOP. Good morning. Welcome in 421 on WTOP. This is WTOP News. Okay, let's talk tech stuff this morning on WTOP in the 4 a.m. hour. There are fresh accusations this morning that Google runs a digital advertising monopoly. Coming now from the Justice Department in eight different states in an antitrust lawsuit filed in district court in Alexandria. This morning, MSNBC legal reporter and former prosecutor Jordan Rubin, who is the lead author of MSNBC Digital's brand new Deadline legal blog, joined Dimitri to discuss the accusations on the table. The accusation is that Google is exercising too much control in its business and that that's unfair. And so simply put, the Justice Department, in its arguments, is trying to make things more fair by loosening Google's grip over its competition in the way that the government has framed it. So in the end, does Google have to separate itself from its ads? I, I'm, you know, I don't I hope I'm not sounding like a defender of Google, but I'm just trying to figure out how this might work. They want Google to exercise less control. And so essentially breaking it up to some degree. And so that's at least part of the result that the Justice Department wants to see. Google, of course, is saying that it's the government picking winners and losers and that it should essentially stay out of it, at least to the degree that the government has involved itself in the matter. To the extent that is that you've had a chance to study it, does the government have a good case here? It has a very interesting case. I would say just to take a step back, the Justice Department's antitrust enforcement, I would say, has picked up recently, and certainly companies like Google have noticed that. It's taken some interesting positions and is in a mode where it's not afraid to lose a tough case, even if it's advancing an interesting argument. And so I think the type of case and its success we're going to have to wait and see possibly a very long time as the result of litigation. 
but I would say that the government is in a rather aggressive posture here. That doesn't mean it has a bad case, but it could just take a while for that litigation to play out. You know, connecting a few dots here, we just had the Senate looking at Ticketmaster and that Taylor Swift ticket problem, huge problem where people weren't able to buy their concert tickets last year. Wouldn't you say that there are similarities with Google in that you do have a government entity trying to kind of jump in on behalf of consumers? Right. So what we saw in the hearing is some rare bipartisan agreement, something we don't see every day. Antitrust is an interesting issue that can create what might be termed interesting bedfellows on this. There's not necessarily a clear left-right answer like there might be in other topics that have that clear political valence to them. So I'd say at a broad level, it's an issue on which you might not necessarily be able to tell where everyone is aligned, whether it's in terms of the Justice Department at some level taking the same position as a state like Texas, a state where it's opposed in other litigation on a matter, something like abortion, to take an example that has a clearer political valence. So I think to take a commonality between something like antitrust enforcement that we're seeing in the courts and the hearing that we're talking about over tickets is that it can have that interesting element to it where you might not necessarily be able to predict the politics as easily and that's what makes it an interesting subject to follow msnbc legal reporter and former prosecutor jordan rubin who is the lead author of msnbc's digital new deadline legal blog talking there with dimitri you are listening to 103.5 fm at wtop.com The time now is 425 Money News, each half hour at 25 and 55 on WTOP. Brought to you by PinFed Credit Union. Great rates for everyone. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. There will be no recombination of Fox Corporation and News Corporation after all. Rupert Murdoch abandoned plans for a deal, calling a combination not optimal for shareholders. The potential deal was first announced in October. The company split up about 10 years ago. The Justice Department and eight states are suing Google, seeking the breakup of its ad technology business. The suit accuses Google of monopolizing the digital ad market to the detriment of website publishers and advertisers. Members of the Senate Judiciary Committee are blaming Live Nation Entertainment's market dominance for soaring ticket prices and a terrible customer experience, as illustrated by Ticketmaster's bungling of the massive demand for Taylor Swift tickets last year. Live Nation's CEO told the panel that industrial-scale ticket scalping fueled by automated bots is the real culprit. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Larry Kofsky on WTOP. Hi, I'm Mike Richmond of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs with this message for veterans. Did you serve in the military? Veterans should take note of a new life insurance program called VA Life. The program provides guaranteed acceptance of whole life insurance coverage to veterans 80 and under with any level of service-connected disability. Some veterans 81 and older may also be eligible. Guaranteed acceptance is a whole life policy that doesn't require a medical exam or 